Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Marvel fans, rejoice! We finally got a new episode of one of our Disney Plus shows for Marvel. Ah, it's here. It's Loki. It was fabulous. It was amazing. It was iconic, stupendous. Okay, it might not have been all that, but it was amazing, okay? It gave us a lot of theories that we can already work with, a whole lot of Mephisto. Well, maybe not Mephisto, but it gave us a lot of, you know, Mephisto moments. Maybe it did give us Mephisto. I don't know. We're going to talk about it, though. It's your weekly bonus episode of Me and You, The Housewives and Marvel 2, and it's all things episode one of Loki. Let's do it. Hey, guys. This is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2 podcast. A podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Is anybody else as happy as I am? I'm just, you can hear it in my voice, I'm just filled with glee. Ow! I'm filled with glee. Not only is today the premiere of Loki, the series we've been waiting for since, well, Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale, <laughs> because I'm waiting on everything Marvel. I don't give a damn whether I like the character or not. I'm waiting on everything, okay? Not only that, we are one month away from Black Widow. I, you know what? The movie had lost a little luster to me because it had been delayed so many times. And it's like, okay, how many times are you going to give us a trailer for a movie that we're never going to see. <laughs> That's how it felt. It felt like we had like worked our way up to trailer number 582. I don't know. It, it was a lot. But it's coming. It's almost here. And I think it might end up being the first movie I go see in theaters. Now, I, was suppo- I know y'all calling me out. I was supposed to go and see A Quiet Place. I was supposed to go and see something else too, child. I forgot. I forgot about all that shit. Maybe I'll go still try to see A Quiet Place. I would go, if they'll let me rent it, I'll go do that instead because I don't really want to. I kind of want Marvel to be my first back to the movie thing. So I think I'm going to wait until July and I'm going to go see Black Widow in IMAX. They put out some article today that like, I think IMAX, something is going to be like expanded for like 22 minutes. So you can see a lot more of the 
action and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I, child, I don't even know about none of that shit. I won't miss it, but, you know, if I see it in regular theater. But I always, I have this thing. I always go see Marvel movies in IMAX. Like, no matter what, I don't care if I'm out of Memphis or if I'm in Memphis, I always go see them in IMAX. Usually, I go see it by myself the first time because I don't need nobody in my ear yammering. Who that is? What they do? Ooh, ooh, who is that? Yeah, oh, girl, what they, oh, yeah, they, uh-uh, shut up. Don't ask me none of that shit. I don't care. No, 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 don't, don't, I, I don't care. So I go by myself the first time to see it. The next time is usually like with a cousin or two or a friend or something like that. And then I usually always take my mom to see him because my mom loves going to Marvel movies now. So I usually take her. She be asking questions the whole damn time because, you know, she watch them, but she don't, you know, she don't watch them, watch them. Like she watch them, but she don't, you know, she don't watch them, watch them, you know, so it, I take up, but you know, we have a good time. We go to lunch and stuff out. You know me, I'm always looking to go to Ben and Jerry's. This one right across the street from IMAX. So the child actually is in the same parking lot. We walk over, you almost get hit by them cars because Memphis drivers don't give a damn about you. That's one thing. One thing about it, two things for sure. They do not give a damn about you. So if you if you make it to the Ben and Jerry's alive, then we get us a little piece of Ben and Jerry's. You know, it's a McAllister's right there. But usually we eat before we go because. Child, we be hungry, okay? One piece of housekeeping before I get into the episode. So you know that we have this clubhouse. Me and uh, Kaya and Aaron from Bravo Wild Black. We have our own club on Clubhouse, Melanated Bravo. We're thinking about rebranding a little bit, maybe Melanated Media, you know, something like that to encompass a lot more things. You know, we like The Bachelorette. We like a lot of different, you know, TV and scripted, unscripted, all that kind of stuff. But on Friday, so a day, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, the next day on Friday, I'm giving you guys a chance, 48 hours to watch Loki. I'm doing a Marvel room on Friday night. Of course, you know, Thursday nights we do our reality TV room. So come to that too. So find us on Clubhouse, Melanated Bravo. It's always a good time. Usually Thursday nights, it's 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central Time. We do a reality room. It always ends so ridiculous. It always We start with reality TV and end up talking about ball bags and uh, who we think killed JR. Like it's, it'd be a whole lot of shit. You, you never know where we're going to end up. So make sure you come to that. It's always a good time. But my Loki, my all Loki room, and you know, going forward, you know, I have like a Black Widow room and all that kind of stuff. And then when we get the other shows. I have those rooms and, you know, so Friday evening just look out on instagram i'll give y'all the official time and everything friday low-key room let's motherfucking do it okay i've kept y'all waiting enough let's get into this episode it was a premiere that i mean if world building was an episode this was like what's bigger than world this was universe multiverse all the verses building okay this was this filled in so many gaps and blanks and at the same time like created a hundred million more questions so i'm not gonna try to answer all 100 million i might answer you know two or three because i ain't i ain't got time for all that shit but i might have two or three in me and then you know we'll we'll discuss a couple of theories and all that kind of stuff so let me just start off let me go ahead and break down the episode actually before i break it down I want to play a voice note that I received today from one of my favorite listeners, Katie. Katie had the same thoughts about Tom Hiddleston. You know, I've never just really been a Loki fan. You know, he I've, he's never been like my kind of character. I like a different kind of comic book character. I like a different kind of, you know, comic book character on screen too, not just in, you know, written word. But, you know, I've, I've never had a problem with Loki. I've always liked him. But she, you know, we, we were going back and forth. And we, you know, it was something with the hair, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry to everyone with jet black hair out there. But it was just something with the, I don't know. It's, you know what? Let me, let me throw it to Katie. Hey, Kendrick. It's Katie from Kentucky. My first note is going to be that I owe Tom Hiddleston a huge apology and I would like to bury the weird beef I've had with him since he fake dated Taylor Swift. And I eat all of the bad words I've said about him because he is an amazing Loki and I may love him. See, that's what these Disney Plus shows are doing so well. 
characters that we've never like I can't say everyone, but a lot of these characters that we just haven't really, really cared about, like we might care about their looks or something like that, but you know, they haven't given us enough of them to deeply be invested in them. You know, they mainly focused on the six original Avengers. So they're doing a really good job of making us kind of care about these characters. And she's right. Like I'm, I'm feeling Loki now. I'm a fan, you know? So Loki, you got my views. I mean, I've already seen the episode two or three times already. Well, I've seen it twice now, but now right now as I'm recording this, it's playing in the background. It's just on mute. So, you know, inspiration, I'm getting inspiration from you, Loki, even when I'm not watching you. Okay. Let's go ahead and kick this off. We start off with some recapping from the first Avengers movie slash Endgame that shows us exactly how we got here. You know, Loki's been apprehended. The Tesseract has been dropped because the Hulk, well, you know, hit current, not yet dead Tony Stark with a door. And Loki went, poof, pow, be gone, you know. If you listen carefully, though, you can hear Thor screaming, Loki? Loki! Where's Loki? Now, see shit's real now because that wasn't an end game because you know this story has basically a brand new meaning this is a whole new story whole new timeline you know basically setting up the show saying okay this is how you remember it but keep in mind shit's a little bit different now side note look i'm starting side notes early y'all know i i wait a little bit before i do side notes but i'm already in side notes I love the variations of the Marvel Studio logos that we're getting throughout each one of these Disney Plus shows. You know, WandaVision, it was uh, the old school, you know, I love Lucy kind of feel. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it was the black and white. You know, I, I, I love it. it. You know, nice, clean, sleek look. I love this green and gold logo that we're getting with Loki. It's everything. It, it's just, you know, little small stuff like that as a Marvel fan. I just, I kind of love. Our titular anti-hero, or really just villain at this point, Loki is dropped or transported by the Tesseract into the middle of the Gobi Desert in Mongolia. Visually, what did this scene remind you of? Go back and watch that first Iron Man movie when Tony Stark crashed into the desert, okay? Remember? You seeing it in your mind? Are they saying that we're about to get like a similar journey with Loki? You know, the whole the whole hero arc, someone that might not necessarily want to make the big hero play, but makes it in the end. Is that what we're getting? Or is it just a big coincidence? Nothing is ever a coincidence in the MCU. You know, I'm convinced that. He's approached by some inhabitants of the area, and he starts, you know, giving them the same supervillain speech that he gives in Avengers Endgame. Not, I'm sorry, not Avengers Endgame, the first Avengers movie when he meets uh, Nick Fury. He starts talking all that gata gata, but the people are speaking Mongolia, and they're, and they're like, uh, boy, who the fuck are you talking to? Who are you? They like Jocelyn. Oh, why is you here? <laughs> and then, boom, a portal from the TVA appears, the Time Variance Authority. And out come four, well, three. Three minute men and a hunter. That's what we'll say. Our girl, one me Masaku, played by, you know, that was Ruby in uh, Lovecraft Country. <laughs> hey, one me. And some of our other favorite shows, you know, she did that, uh, that Netflix movie. I think it's His House. Was that the name of it? I love that. You know, she was in Black Mirror. I, we love her. You know, we fuck with her. Her name on here is Hunter B15. Hunter B-15, not to be confused with Scandal, you know, Olivia Pope daddy, B-613, not him. We're dealing with Hunter B-15, okay? She appears and says, it appears we have a standard sequence violation. Branch is growing at a stable rate and slope. Variant, meaning Loki, identified. Giving us some insight into what she and the others are doing, basically. She name drops the Time Variance Authority, which you'll need to know for this show, and says that on behalf of the TVA, she's arresting him for, quote-unquote, his crimes against the sacred timeline. Child, Loki thought he was about to whoop some ass, okay? Because remember, he's on one. He is on one. He just got his ass whooped by the Avengers, and he needs a win. He had a long-ass day, okay? Hunter B-15 gives him another warning, but since he doesn't want to comply, she hits his ass hard as hell with whatever weapon the, uh, the, the Minutemen and the Hunters are using. 
she hits him and he starts going one sixteenth of the speed that he normally goes. But he's feeling all of the same pain that he would feel in real time. Oof, goodness. I love this like slow-mo, I don't know, CGI animation, whatever it is. I love this camera work that they're doing in this scene. She walks right up to him and like basically explains what's happening. She then gets him bound, you know, with a collar. A collar that looks a lot like the collar that they put on Deadpool and the other mutants in Deadpool 2. If you don't know Deadpool 2 Supercut, one of my favorite movies. Love it, love it, love it. Could watch it a million times. Love Domino, love Cable, love Deadpool, love the movie. Can't get enough of it. Anyway, and she resets the timeline, which, of course, is their whole purpose. She grabs the Tesseract and once again, poof, pal, damn it, I say, be gone. Now we're back at the TVA, or rather, we're here for the first time ever, and we see Loki try to escape multiple times. Hunter B-15 uses like this little handheld device and presses a button and he's right back by her side every single time. Time clearly works different in the TVA. They walk over to the desk. She hands the Tesseract to Casey, the front desk worker, and basically tells him to log it. He don't know what the hell it is. He asks what it is and he says, kind of ugly, okay? <laughs> it, this, this though is kind of important for later on. So just remember that she gives it to Casey and it's going to be a whole thing. In this same scene, super random, but who was paying attention, like close attention, like to everything? You know, when you watch a Marvel show, you got to be looking around peripherals. You are, it almost pays to have uh, a dead eye because the one eye can look this way, another eye can look that way, so you can see everything going on in the screen. If you look closely, there was a scroll. Yes, a scroll in a run DMC tracksuit. <laughs> Come on, Adidas, okay? Come on, Beyonce, Ivy Park collection, okay? You know, I tried to get one of them tracksuits. They sold out within a couple of minutes. I said, fuck it. You know what? I try every time. I can never get one. That's okay. I'll get one one day. I got, I got like three pairs of Ivy Park shoes, but that's neither here nor there because I don't have anywhere to wear them because I don't leave my house no more. Anyway, now I'm guessing we'll find out why he was there at a later time. Maybe, I don't know. But remember, the scrolls have history in MCU with the Tesseract. Just remember like the Captain Marvel movie. You know, they that was the whole that was the Infinity Stone that, you know, child that they was they was using trying to keep away from the Kree and you know, all like that. So maybe there's some kind of loose connection there. Is it, you know, a big one? I don't know, but maybe we'll we'll find out soon enough. She puts him in a cell with a robot with four arms that burns his clothes off, then sends him like hurtling downward to the next stop where he's instructed to sign a stack of papers. It's like documents that literally have everything he's ever said on them. Child, a court stenographer could never, okay? <laughs> never. Now, I don't know who they're paying on Judge Judy to do this shit, but they need to pay this man, okay? This scene pissed me off. All over again, because I was one of them damn fools trying to get one of those boxes of low-key lucky charms that they've been selling, you know, the little promo pieces. But of course, surprise, surprise, they sold out before they even went on sale. This scene pissed me off because that five-digit code that you needed for the pre-sale, it was in this scene, okay? It was right there on that top stack of paper that you needed but you know i figured shit out too it was whatever funny dirty dogs that's all right though i'm gonna give me some uh some black widow budweiser or some black widow windex or whatever product they drop for you know the july movie hell i'm gonna figure it out i'm gonna get some of that though after signing the document that showed every word that he's ever said, he's dropped to another level where he needs to go through a sensor to prove that he's not a robot because otherwise it's going to burn the dog fuck out of him. It takes a temporal aura reading of him and <laughs> sending, they start sending him like through an empty DMV style area waiting room type situation where he needs to take a number and wait his turn so while uh, you know he walking them ropes and you know the child it takes forever to get up front but it's only him and one other dude in there so it shouldn't take him that damn long this is when we get the part that we need to motherfucking talk about okay 
Okay. We get the cartoon video narrated by Miss Minute. She lets the viewer know that it's her job to catch them up before their trial for their crimes. She starts off and instantly shit gets real. She says, you know, long ago, there was a vast multiversal war. She discussed the different unique timelines battling for supremacy, nearly resulting in a destruction of everything. But thankfully, the three peacekeepers were there to bring peace and reorganize the multiverse. The multiverse. The multiverse into one single timeline. The sacred timeline, as Hunter B-15 mentioned earlier. Now, the timekeepers protect this sacred timeline, but sometimes variants, like Loki, fuck shit up all over again, and they unknowingly create what's known as a Nexus event. Nexus... You know, I've discussed Nexus beings like Wanda on this show many times, which could, you know, branch off into madness. Well, child, they they just giving us the whole Doctor Strange sequel now, huh? <laughs> like we've got we've got to get a Doctor Strange appearance in this show, right? I don't know. It feels like it. It feels like they just like knocking on his door and he's getting ready to answer. I don't know. Anyway, this Nexus event could lead to another multiversal war. But then Miss Minutes assures the viewers that that won't happen because the glorious timekeepers created the TVA for that very reason. She's also importantly pointing out to the viewer that now <sighs> she she points out that the viewer now has no place on the timeline. And that's why, like, they must stand trial for their offenses. So, like, in this case, the viewer is anybody that's in that DMV-style roped-off line. So, Loki, she also says that, you know, you got to make sure that you have your ticket. And, child, we see why. Because that damn man didn't have his. And he, he currently kicking it with, with Biggie Smalls and, you know, Tupac, Maya Angelou, Chad, Michael Jackson. He kicking it with all of them, child. I don't... I guess he I guess he'll have his ticket next time shit. <laughs> and then we get the opening low key title card with all the variations of fonts with his name in it. I'm guessing representing a lot of the different variant Lokis, a couple of which we might, you know, see during the show. Now, before I go on, this version that Miss Minutes told or Miss Minute, whatever, it kind of varies a bit from the comics. Remember in the past episode, I mentioned He Who Remains, who is like the character that created all of them, actually. So like, you know, he created the three timekeepers. Now, look, the TVA in the show is a little more noble <laughs> than the one in comics. You know, the one in comics, the timekeepers kind of, you know, they they trying to keep on keeping on. They they got their eye on the prize. It's, it's them or, you know, kill or be killed, basically. But remember, in the past episode, I've mentioned the Time Twisters, which were his fuck-ups, basically. But then he got it right when he created the Time Keepers. I won't go too deep into this since I've already told you about these characters. But that's basically what you need to know. It just varies a little bit from, you know, the comic book. It doesn't sound like we'll be getting a, a He Who Remains reference on the show anyway. So you don't you don't need to know too much about that. Now we cut to Owen Wilson's character, Mobius M. Mobius. We're just going to call him Mobius, though. And he's in the year 1549 in France inside of a church. He's looking at like a basically a mini massacre, copyright, where the hunter and his or her Minutemen responded to a sequence violation and got bested by whoever this mysterious figure is. We kind of I'll speculate a little bit at the end. One of the Mobius, you know, one of Mobius's agents says it's him. And Mobius says, yeah, the stab wounds look consistent with the others. So obviously they know who is doing this. And obviously there have been other attacks in different moments in time. He even clarified that this is the sixth attack this week and that they note that the uh, reset charger that we saw earlier, you know, the one that Hunter B-15 used when they captured Loki to kind of reset that timeline back to what it was supposed to be. So obviously this person wants to fuck up the timeline as much as possible. While they're kind of examining the scene, a little French girl walks into the church and Mobius asks her some questions. 
Before that, though, <laughs> he uses some high, like, highly sophisticated technology, and he creates a 3D stick figure on his little, whatever this thing is, his little, I don't know, walking, you know what it is, a little mini, like a little cell phone, but works better, I don't know. He used that and created like a 3D stick figure to put her at ease. Listen, if you're showing me that kind of technology in the 1500s, I'm immediately running out of that church. I'm running up and down the street. I'm telling everybody, the witches are here. The witches are here. And bitch, I'm not talking about Agatha. I would I'm not talking about Elizabeth Olsen either. The witches are here. I would have been up and down and around and around. Y'all wouldn't have been able to tell me shit, but child, this little girl was she was just as as calm as can be. Anyway, he asks her who did all of this, and the girl points to the stained glass with the devil on it. See, at this point, Marvel is just enjoying fucking with us. It's Mephisto! No, it's not, okay? <laughs> we learn why she points up to it a little later in the episode, but just keep in mind that the devil, of course, has horns. Now, before leaving and resetting the scene, he notices the little girl has blue teeth. He asked her, you know... Why do you have, you know, what's wrong with your teeth? Why, why are your teeth blue like that? She pulled out a pack of gum that says Kablooey. Mobius tells his player partner to run it for sequence period and any hint of a temporal aura. Now, remember, they scanned Loki for his temporal aura earlier. As Mobius and the Hunter and the Minutemen are leaving, someone actually steps through the portal towards them and says, you got to see this. It's a file on Loki. So obviously Mobius being alerted that Loki has been captured is one of the most important, you know, things for him. And we find out later why. Now, a few things from pausing the screen <laughs> and looking at the file. It looks like, you know, we, we learned a couple different things about Loki. So it shows all of his names, which we know, you know, Loki, Lofison, Loki, Odinson, God of Mischief, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, race frost giant remember he's uh technically adopted you know what i mean he, he was you know the son of the the frost king and all this kind of stuff so yeah height six two eye color blue and then sex fluid okay loki <laughs> your gender expression and identity better change sometimes bitch okay no let me stop because mostly it's probably referring to what we know only from comics really not from you know the mcu at this point loki has actually taken many different forms and has even been reborn into lady loki you know maybe we'll see her in the mcu maybe we won't i don't know so him being gender fluid can be taken very literally because like you know it literally means that he can be either gender literally you know back to the tva loki's turn in court we get our very first look at gugu as the judge who is all but confirmed as ravana lexis renslayer go back and listen to my loki episodes to learn a little bit more about her but, you know, she, you know, basically she has a lot to do with uh, Kang the Conqueror, who we know is coming. So I won't say too much, but he's coming! You know, we'll see him, Jonathan Majors, in Ant-Man and the Wasp. But I'm hoping we'll get a little, you know, peeky-poo at him here. She asks if Loki is guilty, and he basically says, you know, blame the Avengers. He even takes <laughs> a moment to slander Tony Stark, referring to all that damn uh, cologne he wears. Now, remember... In Avengers Endgame, Ant-Man talked about that Axe body spray he smelled on Tony, too. Remember, he was real small, and he had to cause that heart attack that Tony had that they had to come to his rescue and all that kind of stuff, child. During this back and forth, Mobius sneaks into the courtroom and just waits patiently. During this back and forth, we find out that even some cosmic events are supposed to happen. Thanos and all of that elimination and blipping and snapping all of that was supposed to happen loki getting the tesseract and leaving however was not according to who you ask the timekeepers of course they dictate the proper flow of time child when asked if he pleaded guilty or not guilty again he tried to use his powers and of course them powers are useless inside of the tva 
He was found guilty and sentenced to be reset until Mobius steps in. He approaches the bench and persuades her to let him have Loki instead. She said, if anything goes sideways, that's your ass, basically. She didn't say that exactly because it's Disney, but you know what I mean. It's on you, Mobius. You, you, it's on you, Mobius. I stole my car, Jody. You know what? How the hell do you get a baby boy reference in a Loki episode? Let me stop. Side note, I know three faces on the wall. The ones that are behind her are supposed to be the three timekeepers. But y'all aren't going to tell me, at least you comic book readers, you're not going to tell me that at least one of them, the one in the middle, looks a lot like Kang the Conqueror, a.k.a. Ravana Alexis Renslayer's love interest in the comics. Let me stop speculating because three damn timekeeper faces, they actually do look a lot like those in the comic books, so it makes a lot of sense. But that don't mean they can't look like Kang the Conqueror too. I'm just saying. I love the elevator banter between Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. (laughs) Two damn actors. Y'all better do it, okay? Loki still can't believe what he's hearing and witnessing as he's headed into the room where Mobius is going to question him. Yes, Loki, the timekeepers control it all and the TVA is at their wheel, okay? You just got to accept it. He constantly is questioning him and not trusting him. And he even tries to lunge at Mobius. But Mobius uses that same little bitty handheld device that Hunter B-15 used earlier in the episode. Uh, uh, Uh-uh-uh, not in my house. That was a bad impression. Y'all get what I'm going for, though, hell. Loki finally begrudgingly sits at the table. And Mobius lets it be known that his specialty is, quote-unquote, particularly dangerous variants but he makes no mistake he says loki you are not that (laughs) this ain't that boo boo okay in fact he calls that man a pussycat you know what mobius tells him and you know to just answer these next couple of questions honestly and i'll see what i can do to get you out of here now let's break these down question number one what are you going to do when you get out of here And Loki says, finish what I started, meaning reclaiming his throne and all this kind of stuff, becoming king of uh, Midgard. Okay, if you don't know, if you get confused about what they mean when they say Midgard on this show, they're just talking about Earth. Remember, he's from Asgard. Midgard is what they refer to as Earth. Question number two. Then what? Happily ever after? You know, which plan do you know you're going to... uh, find you a, a, a bed bath and beyond and get you some supply. Like what you go do sis. He says, basically then I'm going after everything else. Basically everything in space. Child, he want to take over everything. Come on ambition. Loki then goes on this rant about freedom and why people don't need it or truly have it anyway. With him making all of their decisions, there will be no shame or anything remotely close to it. Now, This is when shit gets a little bit realer. Mobius cranks up that little, it looks like an original like Macintosh computer monitor. Do y'all remember those? I wanted one so bad because, you know, they came out with all the colors. They had the orange. They had the red, bitch. They had the blue, the green. They had the pink. You know, they had all the colors. My daddy, you know, he had me a regular ass uh station grade the one the one the ones that the astronauts use damn it and so i didn't do nothing but regular shit on that computer anyway mobius starts playing low-key's greatest hits meaning he's about to show him footage from old marvel movies featuring loki i'll be honest i'm not sure how i felt about this i don't know how this went over with me this episode set up this series perfectly wonderfully and people who don't watch the movies and shows as often as i probably do needed this kind of little refresher course because y'all probably you know y'all probably have your favorites you've probably seen thor the dark world once in your whole entirety maybe you've never seen it at all maybe you only focus on the captain america movies and iron man movies or whatever and so for all of those people that need the refresher it was perfect but for me i was like okay wait stop this no uh uh-uh. give me some new content i don't i don't need this you know whatever but i understood why they were doing it it all made perfect sense we're really doing some developing here some world building we're doing all of that it's all very necessary so when it's a necessary evil i don't mind it so much 
let me throw it over to my boy Samaj from the Me I Am Cancelled podcast who had a couple of thoughts about this interrogation scene between Mobius and one Loki. Hey Kendrick, it's Samaj from the Me I Am Cancelled podcast and I'd like to drop my little thoughts on the series premiere of Loki. So one thing that stuck out to me when they were in the interrogation room, Morbius and Loki, he says, your job or like, you know, your goal in this world is to create pain and mischief so that people can become the best versions of themselves. And up on the screen of like, you know, him, you know, having playbacks of his life or, you know, uh, the tape being rolled, roll the tape, roll tape, roll footage. Um, <laughs> it shows like the Hulk and Black Widow and his brother and Captain America, and all these other great heroes and soldiers, right? Uh, and I'm like, hmm, did Hawkeye, did Loki make Hawkeye the best version of himself? I don't know, I don't know about that, unclear. Is he the best version of himself? To be determined. And I am happy to see that Owen Wilson kept his nose. I would have thought by now he would have gotten a nose job, especially in pandemic. He would have had time to do it, you know, have it heal, and it would have been completely unrecognizable and it would have been fine but he didn't so you know what good for him all right talk to you soon can't wait for the rest of the season bye (laughs) my listeners are so different than your average comic book readers okay we talked about it all over here you get a little bit of everything over here we wondered about nose jobs we listen we we thinking about it all okay uh you know what i I'm wondering what kind of Hawkeye we're going to get in the Disney Plus series. Now, I know it's going to be a lot of Kate Bishop, but I think he's going to be right by her side. Oh, Kate Bishop. I didn't mention her earlier when I was talking about, okay, you know what? I'm going to bring up Kate Bishop in a little while, actually, okay? I wonder what Hawkeye we're going to get. I don't know when that show comes out, actually. Is it later this year or early next year? It's one of them, but child, I guess at this point, they should have shot the whole damn show because they've been shooting for a long time, I feel. So we just going to assume it's coming later on this year, okay? Anyway, when Mobius Loki taunts Loki, Ooh, Loki taunts Loki. I think Katie gave me that job. (laughs) When When he taunts Loki, he said that, you know, that didn't work out for the last person that did that to him. Referring, of course, to Phil Coulson from, well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but also <laughs> from the first Avengers movie. Flashback of him killing him, you know, on the screen. And that's important because that's why the Avengers actually come together. This scene is like a big psychological play towards Loki because they're talking about how often he loses, whether he enjoys, you know, causing other people pain or harm, etc. But then we get probably one of my favorite moments of the episode. Listen, someone who you all know me very well by now. You talk to me on Instagram you talk to me via text messages, phone calls, whatever, clubhouse. And you know that my number one obsession may be bigger than Marvel, may be bigger than Beyonce. Okay, nothing's bigger than Beyonce. It's true crime in any form. Podcasts, YouTube videos, Oxygen Channel, the ID station, whatever. We find out in this scene that Loki actually lost a bet to Thor. And he's actually, wait for it. D.B. Cooper chatting. Now, look, do you know who D.B. Cooper is? No. Well, he, let me tell you, he's one of the oldest true crime mysteries in American history. He hijacked a plane in 1971, stopped in Seattle for $200,000 in ransom and some parachutes and jumped and was never seen again. The FBI spent like 45 years looking for him and literally nothing. And this whole time, it was Loki actually being D.B. Cooper. Mystery solved. Everybody go home. Get the crime junkies on the case. Get uh, Bailey Syrian to do a makeup and figure it out. Pack it up, folks. Nothing else to see. Loki was D.B. Cooper. We got it now. Loki asks why that was approved by the TVA. And Mobius says... That's like a bad way to look at it, but he doesn't ultimately answer the question. He actually kind of avoids it, and then he focuses right back on getting to know Loki. 
Hey, have you guys checked out The Dip? It's the site that allows you to read articles about some of your favorite shows written by experts and fans focused on depth, not on clicks. Their personalized subscription site allows you to follow high quality coverage surrounding the shows that you love and the shows you love only. I just got done reading an article about WandaVision, you know, one of my favorite MCU projects, and it said the only logical follow-up is Howard the Duck. It's insane. I mean, I love it. Check out the link in my podcast episode description. Click around on some of those articles and sign up for the dip today. Mobius stresses that he just wants to, you know, get a better understanding of Loki, the god of mischief. He wants to know why he does what he does. Loki is still fighting against all of it and is going in on the TVA and how they won't matter to his ultimate plans. Mobius informs him, you know, of what his <laughs> true trajectory was and how he shouldn't have, you know, touched the Tesseract because he was supposed to wind up in a jail cell in Asgard. You know, we've all seen uh, Thor the Dark World. And of course, well, actually, I just said y'all probably haven't hell, Chad. If I was you, I'd, I'd erase it from my memory too, hell. And of course, how he was the reason why his mother died. If you need a refresher, you know, go back and watch that. But basically, you know, he sent the invading army on a path. You know, he was like, okay, go up to the left and, you know, maybe you'll find what you're looking for there. He was hoping to lead them to Thor, but nope, he led him right to Frigga. Mobius ultimately, you know, had him like kind of trick and ruse and all this kind of stuff, how it actually brings out the best in people. As they were getting, you know, to the fully wangs hunter b15 comes in and she alerts mobius of a situation you know she basically tells him look come out here i got something to tell you in the hallway hunter b15 and mobius argue about whether or not loki should be reset and then she tells him that you know they just lost an entirely different unit he goes back in to tell Loki that, you know, we should pick up from this spot tomorrow. But of course, you guessed it, Loki's gone. He realizes that when he helped him up earlier, he jacked him for his little, you know, little bitty time shifted thingy that he was uh, keeping on him. Uh, him and Hunter B-15, they split up to go and find him. But of course, Loki has already made his way to Casey in a different department. He threatens to gut him like a fish, but Casey doesn't even know what the hell a fish is. Loki just wants the Tesseract back, basically. But when Casey opens the drawer and gives it to him, Loki looks inside and he realizes that there are Infinity Stones just sitting in the drawer. Like, literally, like, just sitting there. Lots of them. Casey said <laughs> they use those damn things as paperweights. That's is when it all clicked for Loki. Loki realizes that the power he's known is so inconsequential to everything else that's going on all around him right now. The TVA, they're so much more powerful than he thought, and none of those stones or artifacts that he's tried to collect in the past even matter. Hunter B-15 storms in and swings at him to obliterate him with that stick eliminated thingy, just like the one... uh. Oh, God, because the Grandmaster in uh, Thor Ragnarok, like the thing that he had to kill that person that was sitting next to Thor. She swung one of those at him and missed because he's gone. Keep in mind, he has that little time shifty thingy. I don't know what it's called, but for the sake of this podcast, we're calling it a time shifty thingy. He winds up back in the room that he was in with Mobius, that little interrogation room. This is when we get to see Tom Hiddleston doing some acting, okay? Some, uh, uh, give him an Emmy, give him a Golden Globe, give him an Oscar, you know, they ain't giving him a black one. Um, you know, he's doing some acting. He rolls that footage of his mother back and is immediately brought to tears. Polo, get all, polo, as I'll say, polo. Then he sees his daddy die too, oh, polo. Polo. He also sees, you know, uh, his life playing out right up to Thanos, Thanos in his ass. <laughs> Thanos is a verb. Now, you know, you Thanos somebody. He sees right up his life, right up until Thanos, Thanos is his ass. After his trip down memory lane or 
down the future, I guess, for the purpose of this show, Hunter B-15 walks in and gives him... She tries to, you know, give him the business. They end up tussling, but he ends up besting her and putting the collar that was around his neck. He puts it around her neck instead. Woo wee. Oh, baby. That's, that's where it goes down right there. He really starts messing with it. Then he uses that little time flick it, thing it, whatever I said, I was going to call it that time, uh, jig bop it, switch it, thing it. He uses that. He sends her back, forth, up, down, around, right. He sends her all over time, right back, right back. And she winds up somewhere down the hall with Casey. So now she's out of the room and she, he's a no bother to her anymore, except she really wants that ass. Okay. He, she sent her on. Now all he has to do is fool with Mobius when he finally comes back. Once Mobius comes back, Loki starts revealing more about himself. He doesn't enjoy hurting people. He has to do it because it's all an illusion. All going back to his desperation for control. Mobius is impressed and tells Loki that he can offer him a little purpose. When Loki asks why it is that he needs the God of Mischief to help him, he says, because we're hunting you. That's when they flash to Selena, Oklahoma in the middle of a cornfield in 1858. The Minutemen are trying to figure out, you know, what to do with this and what's going on. But ultimately, they decide nothing's happening. They said they're going to write it off and leave. But before they can do that, they see a mysterious figure across the field wearing like this, uh, you know, a child, I'm about to say a Dr. Doom cape, but you, you know, like a hooded cape, all black, can't see who it is, can't see if it's a man or woman, child, baby, uh, grown adult, you don't know what it is. And that, whoever it is, they light that field on fire and light their asses up. They're on fire. Everybody except him or she basically is on fire. It's important to note, though, that that person, the mysterious figure, did steal that thing that they used to reset the timeline. So I don't know if they're going around collecting these or what's happening, but she damn sure did what she needed to do or he did needed to do. I, I don't know if it's a matter of what they did, what they needed to do, basically. Now, let's theorize. Who do we think this figure could be? We know it's going to be a Loki variant, meaning another version of Loki. So I think it's probably one of the two more popular versions of the characters from the comic books. So my predictions, listen up closely now. My predictions, gather around kids. My predictions, I'm thinking it's going to be either Kid Loki or Lady Loki. Now, I don't know which one, but, you know, are they very possible or plausible? Yes, very. Now, do I think one is more reasonable than the other? I do. I think, oh, boy. I don't know. I keep going back and forth, honestly. I think it's Kid Loki. You want to know why? Because Kid Loki is a member of, you guessed it, the Young Avengers. I keep saying we're building towards the Young Avengers and the MCU don't worry, I'll, I'll recap again. You know, I look for any reason to recap. Earlier, I mentioned Kate Bishop. She's coming in the uh, the Hawkeye Disney Plus series, so we'll get to meet Kate Bishop. We got to meet Patriot, a.k.a. Eli Bradley in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We got Wiccan and Speed in WandaVision. We got Casey Lang, or I'm sorry, Cassie Lang, uh, a.k.a. Stature in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Maybe Kamala Khan. I'm guessing Kamala Khan. Well, they've already kind of set her up as one of, you know, the Marvels. So maybe we won't. But it's possible. You know, she was a new Avenger. She wasn't a young Avenger. But, hell, she's young enough. So why not? Then again, ooh, I don't know. Maybe it is. See, I keep talking myself out of it. Maybe it's Lady Loki after all. It might be Lady Loki. We know that Lady Thor is going to be the lead of uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder. So, you know, maybe Lady Loki makes a lot more sense since we're, you know, slowly, I don't know if we're phasing out Chris Hemsworth's Thor or what's going on. But, you know, maybe if that's the case, then maybe they want uh, Natalie Portman to have a female counterpart the way Chris Hemsworth had Tom Hiddleston. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. They both make sense. I'm thinking this kid Loki could be Lady Loki. If it's either one of them, then y'all, you know, just... 
Just give me credit. Hell, hell, I don't know what the hell going on. Let's see if my predictions actually come true. Maybe I'm just, you know, way off base as usual. <laughs> but maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe they'll actually throw me a bone and maybe it'll actually be one of those two people or somewhere around there. I don't know. I feel like it, they're, I feel like the two most popular versions. So maybe they want to set up some future stuff, which seems to be the purpose of these Disney Plus shows. So I don't know. You guys, that's all I got. I'm so happy we finally got some weekly Marvel content again. I'm I might stay up to two every morning was two my time to watch these. I probably won't make it though. I usually usually one thirty and two is around my clunk out time, but who knows? Maybe I'll stay awake. I don't know. You know, I got get a jump on doing the episodes for you guys. I don't know. You guys I love y'all. Come to the clubhouse on Friday. We'll talk about it. We'll get even deeper. Y'all come with questions. DM me. Let me know what y'all want to talk about. And I'm going to answer. See ya. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Okay, close your eyes and imagine. Well, unless you're driving. Yes, imagine you bought a scratch ticket from the Iowa Lottery. Or someone gave you one. Yes, right, and you scratch, and you've won. One big. Yes, in fact, there are 13 holiday games with big cash prizes. And if you don't win, play it again. You can still win up to $100,000 in the VIP club. But you have to enter and see rules and complete details at ialottery.com VIP. Yes, thank you.